So here we are, season seven proper, and God, what a mess. I actually feel really bad for the people making season seven. No, I really do. For the longest time, I've had the sort of vague general impression of season seven being bad. It does have some good episodes. Lower Decks is in season seven, for God's sakes. And I praise the hell out of that. Pegasus is in season seven. Um, I don't remember what else. There are other good ones. Although, actually, i got to share this really quick. Check this out. So, there's a quote from Michael Piller about the weakness of Season 7. And he says, there's some good episodes in here. Parallels, that's, a, that's actually a good one, too. Um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Here it is. But then he says, I also thought the Beverly Crusher romance with the ghost was a really well-executed show. <laughs> Piller, I need to have a couple words. I'll talk more about them when we get to Sub Rosa. No, what I want to talk about right now is Season 7 and why. So here's the problem. They had already started work on Generations. In fact, they'd already written the script for Generations by the time they wrote the script for Liaisons. No, seriously, Brandon Braga. So they, so they had the script, and they were like, this doesn't work, so they handed it to Braga, and he did the rewrite of it after doing the script on Generations. This is also... Um, so, so just, just put this into your mind, okay? Deep Space Nine is running. Remember, a lot of the team led over from TNG to DS9, right? Michael Piller was pretty much working on DS9 full-time at this point, and he would occasionally come back because he still had duties on TNG, and this is true with a lot of people. They even had studios pretty much right across the street from each other, and there was a lot of bleed-over from people working on both sets. So there was a little bit of mixed cross-problems there with people already working more than they should be. They had also already started production on Voyager at this point in time. Now, that's a big deal because that's the one Rick Berman was really pushing, and he's, you know, pretty much the guy in charge of Star Trek at this point in time. And he selected Jerry Taylor to really be the showrunner for that. Now, that's important because with Michael Piller gone over on DS9 and everyone else somewhere else, guess who was the showrunner for TNG Season 7? Jerry Taylor. You start to see the problem. Three shows and a movie were all being worked on at the same time right here. They got a little bit too ambitious, and they didn't hire on the additional people they needed to make this work. Now, the old saying goes, no matter why it sucks, it still sucks, and I stand by that. Liaisons, for example, I have very little to say about this episode. I got like eight notes on this episode. It's very rote. But you can kind of start to, to sympathize and feel why Season 7 fell apart so hard. I have a quote from Echeverria, Rene Echeverria, who was bas basically, he was one of the only writers who was exclusively working on TNG because so many of the other writers were working on multiple things elsewise. Braga was already starting to do Voyager scripts at this point, even though he was also doing TNG stuff. So, the, you, remember, you ever heard of me talking about cranking out script after script? We have officially entered that point in history. Echeverria was doing scripts so rapid fire, he was doing, his schedule was such that in the period of time he would normally do one script, one full episode, he had done three. Yeah. And of course that also means less polishing time. That's a concept I talk about constantly. You have your, your initial, you know, your first draft, and then there's usually a roughly six or so additional drafts before you get to the actual teleplay you hand the actors. I've talked about this many times. I've pointed out specific circumstances where I could showcase how the dialogue didn't work or how it showed, obviously, that these were first draft scripts. And, well, here we are. 
Now, Liaisons isn't that bad with regards to the scripting, but it is a very weak script because it can't decide what it wants to do. This is probably because the original intent of the script was completely different from the rewrite that Braga put into it. I also have to mention one other thing, though, really quick. They kept mentioning how they were completely out of ideas when it came to Season 7. That's, that's them admitting that, not me saying that. They also complained because they kept being like, okay, we need to, we need to come up with something. Uh, why don't we invent a family member we've never heard of before? They do this three times this season. That was actually, before this, it was actually a rule. It was, it was one of the, the laws of script writing for TNG that you don't do that. They did it three times this season. There was a period in time which Jerry Taylor reached out to, Jean, uh, to Patrick Stewart and to Brent Spiner and said, can you think of anything that we haven't done that your character, you know, a new direction your character can go in? You know what they said? Nope. Now, in fairness, their job is not to be writers, but, I mean, you can kind of get why they were like, ugh, just, just running on empty here. It's actually a damn shame, because it makes perfect sense why. Some new creative talent was exactly what was needed to really invigorate Season 7. And it's not like they were all clunkers. There are good episodes in this season. It's just, with the advantage of hindsight and looking at all the behind-the-scenes material, you can kind of see why this season has such a bad reputation. Going through it, I'm going to be paying very close attention to each episode's overall quality, because, well, because I've had that Season 7 sucks opinion for years. But I also had the Season 1 op Sucks opinion for years, and I was proven wrong about that. Like, I know that there were some really, really bad episodes in Season 1, but overall it wasn't nearly as bad as I remembered. So we'll see what happens with Season 7. Who knows, maybe it'll be worse than I remember. That happens sometimes. So, the episode proper. Originally, the script that was actually presented was... Oh, actually, I'm sorry, there's one other thing about Season 7 I want to talk about. This uh, this was a huge mistake, in my opinion, but it's probably one of those hindsight mistakes. They decided to eject the submission process. So the only people working on scripts for Season 7 are in-house. That's a problem when your script people are working on other shows and a film and are overworked because they're understaffed and they're running out of ideas. They probably should have allowed for submissions for this one. Just, just saying. Anyway, so the original idea here was, for this episode, for Liaisons, okay, we're going to have Picard end up with someone who is, like, totally in love with him. And he doesn't love her, and she totally loves him. And it's going to be this big, you know, they kind of leaned it in the direction of her being like a fan, like a Star Trek fan who takes it too far, who is obsessed with Picard. The B-plot was Troy getting her pips, and getting promoted to commander, which should sound familiar. By the way, I, I was right. We hadn't gotten there yet. I couldn't remember. That episode's coming up in the future. Braga is the one who took this and said, no, this doesn't work at all. Guys, what are you doing? And reworked it, and so made it so it was all part of this diplomatic ambassador mission. Now, that works better. The problem is there's no meat on these bones. Okay, so there's this new alien race, which is astonishingly human-like, and operates in many ways in human fashion but they don't understand very specific human concepts, or that is to say, humanoid concepts. Things like love, anger, food, and crime are all things that they express a complete lack of understanding of. What? <laughs> I also got to wonder at their metabolism. The guy eats a lot of food. If I ate that much food in that little short period of time, I would put some of that on. Granted, I'm getting older. 
You know, my metabolism is not what it used to be, but seriously. It's just, it's one of those problems that Voyager had periodically. That's so different, and therefore it's so alien. The problem is different and alien. It, it still has to follow some kind of logic or sense. It has to be alien for a reason. Not a, not, it doesn't have to be different, therefore it's alien. It has to be alien, therefore it's different. So these guys just don't actually make sense. <sighs> Meanwhile, this brings up another interesting point. This is not first contact with these people. This is a diplomatic mission where they're trading ambassadors. Okay, that makes sense. It also means that they probably know all the things they need to know about each other at this point in time. Because, again, this is not first contact, or at least it shouldn't be. So, why don't they know all these things about these people already? Also, why are they using the flagship for this? I know, I know, it has to happen for the ship. So, like I said, originally it was this big, real, you know, obsessive love thing. And, <laughs> I have to admit, the actress who plays him does a pretty good job on the planet. She's very hesitant, and it's like she doesn't quite know speaking. Like she doesn't know how to speak properly, in other words. That makes sense. That's very logical. It's logical because if she actually was the, the person that she's been out of communication for seven years, so she doesn't really have a lot of experience talking to people. This is the kind of thing that should have happened with Thomas Riker a few episodes ago. The next reason it makes sense is because the alien dude isn't really familiar with all the words and terminology. So he wouldn't actually know what to say either. So for both ways, that actually makes sense. Props to that. I have to give praise to the actress in general. Naturally, I didn't write her name down because I'm a moron. See, I'm stupid. But at least I know it. Um, oh, by the way, did you notice it was Paul Edding? as look well. Just a nice little touch there. Uh, Barbara Williams is the one who plays her, and she does do a surprisingly good job with the role, so credit where credit is due. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just picturing... Okay, Stuart, there's this woman. This is this is her, this is Barbara. Uh, you're going to, like, force a kiss on him, like, eight times in this episode. Stuart, your job is to not enjoy it. I don't know. I don't think I can do that. Maybe you should do a few practice kisses. I'm kidding. But I do have to admit that that is an interesting take on it because she kisses him several times, and each time he is just stone faced because she's basically forcing herself on him, which uh, would be really really horrible if the genders were flipped. I just feel like pointing out really quickly here. But again, the whole point is desperate and insane. Okay, I could kind of get by that. That makes a degree of sense, and at least it's just kisses. There could be a lot of worse things. <laughs> As she keeps confining him, damages the equipment, uh, you know, oh my god, you're so weak and injured, there's danger outside. She locks the door from the outside. Then she says she loves him. This is really early on. And then she kisses him. Now you'll notice Picard's demeanor changes completely after that. He's like, up until then, he's just been kind of hesitant and worried because he thinks she's, you know, this is a trick of some kind. When she says that, it's like, the light bulb goes off. Ah, okay, yeah, no. This is a woman who has been alone and desperate for years, might not even believe I'm really here. She's overreacting. This is going overboard. I get it. So he knows how to deal with it at that point. And he does. He actually does a pretty good job of it. Then she pushes it, and he tries to make things work, and she just pushes it. And then 
And Picard says something that I've been saying for years. Picard says, I, I forget the exact question. I should have wrote down the whole speech. You know, you can't do, we, we just met. There might be an attraction there, but it's a little too early to say. We can't just fall in love within the first you know, day of meeting each other. We need to get to know each other better and to experience each other. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, that is absolutely correct. This is exactly the problem with the Romance of the Week. I, I, I actually just started being like, yes, yes, thank you, Braga, thank you. <laughs> you get it. You put it in the character's mouth. Fine. I've, I've been saying this for years. Professionally, I've been saying this for years. Never mind since I was a kid. Screw the romance of the week. Moving on. So then obviously he discovers the big reveal. And oh my gosh, it was actually him. And he doesn't under, even understand what a crime is. I'll come back to that. I have very brief comments about the other two. It was food, anger, and love, right? So he's he's like, oh, dessert, this is so fascinating, and I've got to learn about this. And someone in the background yells, sex. And then he's like, oh, this dessert is even more fascinating than before. I'm just joking, I'm just joking. Not about the sex part, that actually happens. You can hear it yourself. I listened to it twice just to make sure it was that and not like six or something. But no, it's clearly sex. I don't know what the, the background audio people are doing, but anyways. um, <clears throat> He's fascinated by the very concept of a kid. Because their species apparently forms fully formed. Is this another clone species? They seem very utilitarian. They don't seem to understand basic concepts. And I do mean basic concepts. Anger is a very primal emotion. Um, and food for something other than nourishment is an extremely old concept by any measure. Um, and having procreation is, isn't exactly a big complex thing either. Meanwhile, the other guy is constantly provoking Worf, which actually got kind of funny, really. Worf even requests reassignment. Now, they say no, because this is the comedy bit. In a reality, they probably should actually reassign him. But he's like, you know what? Why don't you push back a little bit? Remember, diplomacy does not mean letting the other person walk all over you. I find it funny that Troy has to remind Worf of this. Now, that makes sense, and I'm not making fun. Because Worf is trying so hard to be diplomatic that he's basically stonewalling and therefore letting the other guy walk all over him. Troy is like, look, you need to push back at a certain point. Okay. So he finally is like, you've been cheating. You've been cheating the whole match. How dare you? Physical contact, which remember to a Klingon is kind of a big deal. And so then he fights and the guy's like, oh, yes, yes, this is incredible. Oh, thank you so much for this experience. I must immediately go to my quarters and document it. Thank you very much, sir. And he, he's, he's just... And I love Worf and, and Riker's expression as they're just like... Cuts to Troy. She's offered a bit of chocolate. She takes it. That's good stuff. That's part of why this episode actually manages for me, despite everything else. Because the humor elements are actually pretty good, in my opinion. So we find out the big reveal. Here's an interesting question for you. You're in charge of a nation. Diplomat, leader... Governor, Senator, Emperor, whatever. Another nation pulls something that is basically an act of war on you out of innocent naivete. They do so, because what they do is actually an act of war, if you think about it. They literally kidnap and try to forcibly sexually assault a member of your military, a leading member of your military, in addition to the, the pro provoked fight against another member of your military, Worf. But it's because of the fact that they legitimately don't understand and were just trying their own version of, of contact protocols. Okay, what do you do about it? 
I, I said this before, I'm a firm believer that in tolerance to limits, acceptability to limits, I'll go along with this up until this point, right? Don't let someone walk all over you. I just talked about that. I, I complained about that constantly in season one. So I have to admit, I'd be willing to forgive this probably once, and probably only once. Like, okay, let's talk about this next time, rather than you just forcing us into this one. Okay? How's that sound? And I would assign several intelligence people to keep a very good close eye on these people, and to make sure there's no actual, you know, ill or malicious intent behind any of this, especially given how well they were able to infiltrate with regards to the guy who was infiltrating Picard, if you follow my meaning. What would you do? Honest question. As usual, looking forward to your thoughts about Season 7 in general, about liaisons in particular. I'll see you next time. Right after I have a mountain of chocolate!